The Anton Savage Show Saturday with Nifty Business on News Talk. We're starting with what the UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak has described as one of the greatest miscarriages of justice in UK history. And it's one of those stories where it has been sort of known for the last number of years, but it has only been brought into sharp focus by some really good reporting and drama uh, creation. And it has caused everybody to take an indrawn breath and say, hang on a minute, what's happened? So there was a, a documentary, a docudrama made called uh, Alan Bates versus, or yeah, Mr. Bates versus the post office. And the Mr. Bates in question is Alan Bates, who is a former postmaster, one of 3,000 postmasters, franchise post office branch owner operator, who were wrongly accused of theft from the post office in the UK. Not only were they wrongly accused of theft from the post office in the UK, more than 900 of them were prosecuted. So this resulted in the loss of of income. This resulted in the loss of respect in the community. This had massive impacts on mental health. It had massive impacts on their family. It was a huge and significant uh, impact. And what's interesting is that for a long time, this story was covered and nobody cared. Now, one of the people who was covering it for a long time was Enda Brady from uh, TRT. And we're going to get him to explain it in a second. Before that, here is the man around whom the documentary and the docudrama hinges, who has been the catalyst for the, all of this, Alan Bates. They obviously had their own agenda in all of this. And as we're now starting to find out with the public inquiry, I, a lot of it was covering up the real evidence, that they did know the truth behind all this and they just didn't want to come forward. Of the original 555 that brought the court case, I think we've lost about 60 or 70 of them. They've died uh, whilst waiting for all of this. Uh, I mean, it's diabolical, really. And for the last two years, I think the last 20 months, actually, we've been assured of what they call compensation from their point of view. Mm. But actually, it's the financial redress they're, they're, they're actually owed. Yeah. This is their money. This is what they've lost in all of this. Exactly. Uh, but it's just not happening. So the they, of course, being the postmasters and the owner-operators, the kind of loss you're talking, some people had to go bankrupt to cover hundreds of thousands in legal bills for false prosecutions. As I say, Enda Brady has been covering this for the last number of years. Good morning, Enda. Good morning, Anton. Good to speak to you again. And you, it's an extraordinary one because it's one of those where when you look at it now, you think, hang on a minute, how did this A, happen and B, go on for so long and nobody do anything? Can you take us back to the start and explain the story? So the whole story hinges around this faulty IT software that the post office brought in at huge expense. I mean, you're talking hundreds and hundreds of millions of euro of an investment in something called Horizon. And it was brought in 20 plus years ago and it was meant to make life easier for the people running the post offices up and down the country. Now, what the post office were never prepared to admit was that Horizon was faulty. It was riddled with bugs. And people were trying to balance their books each day and they were always down. Uh, And some, you know, ranged from a few hundred pounds to several thousand pounds. They would then ring the post office helpline and the line that the people answering the phones had to deliver was that, well, you're the only person that's had got this problem. And it turned out that they weren't and that there were dozens and dozens and hundreds of people up and down the country trying their utmost. And then rather than listen to their own people or admit that this shiny new software brought in by a company called Fujitsu at huge expense was faulty, 
the post office decided to start prosecuting its own people. Now, can you hang so, on for a second, and just so I'm clear who these people are. Am I right in saying that what we're talking about is the kind of franchise owners who might have a post office in the back of a small shop or they might have a they might be running yeah. a, a post office in a, a small town or small community. These are single person owner operators mostly, isn't that it? Yes. And pillars of the community. The, you know, the kind of people who, you know, they're not making an amazing living out of the hours they're putting in. They will be helping elderly people cash pensions and look at you know, the real salt of the earth, pillars of the community that, that, that countries and villages and towns are built on. And they were being accused of fraud and theft. And the post office went after them really aggressively. And they made it clear that they'd signed a contract that if there was any outstanding money at the end of the day, it was up to them to make it up. And, you know, previously, I guess, when people were signing these contracts, they would have thought that it might be a few pence or a couple of euro, or, you know. But th- these turned into, because of this faulty software, this turned into colossal amounts of cash. And rather than look back at the track record of these people and their hard work and their decency, the post office, led by a woman called Paula Venels, decided to go and prosecute them. They prosecuted 900. 236 went to prison. Four of these people took their own lives. So the post office not only got convictions against their own people, they also took people's houses, their life savings, they bankrupted people, they destroyed lives. And all of this was overseen by this woman, Paula Venels. We have some audio of those who were so significantly impacted. All the courts now have said that my husband was right. He said to me, I want my name cleared. Anything else is a bonus, I want my name cleared. And I promised him that. I promised him that the week before he died. Going to the prison is a bad name to the family. I wanted to kill myself because of the pregnancy. I had another life inside me. I couldn't kill myself. And then I went into labour with my tag on. It was such an embarrassing moment. I think, what could be the midwife will be thinking, what kind of mother I am? My dad owned a post office where he grew up, in the area we lived in. And we had to, we moved from that area. We, we, you know, we lost all that. And now finally he can hold his head up high again and be the person. You don't get those 10 years back. 10, 11, 13 years we've 14 lost. 14 years. 14 years, sorry. We won't get those back. Now, that's just some of the 200-odd people that Enda was describing as having been uh, imprisoned of 900 who were prosecuted of about, I think in total, about 3,500 who were uh, accused of having been involved in fraud. And we got a text, Enda, while you were talking that said, what's extraordinary about the post office story was the mental leap that management made in suddenly deciding that all of their previously trustworthy staff had become thieves. Now, can you explain that bit? Surely when the post office looks and says, everybody is ripping us off, we have three and a half thousand thieves skimming the organisation, how do they not think this is a systemic problem rather than a criminal problem? Well, I think this is a question for Paula Venels, and I think people would love to ask her that question. She put out what I can only call a non-apology this week. She's apparently vanished. Whispers are that she's gone overseas, Look, this is a woman who, in humiliation this week, has had to hand back her CBE. This is one of these um, trinkets that the British establishment give out to people for for their work. So she faced the choice, really, of having it taken from her. There was a million signatures in the space of two nights after that drama series went out on ITV, which is excellent, by the way. If you're looking for something to watch, do watch it. It explains it far better than 
years of reporting. This is what I find really frustrating, Anton. Financial crime, a lot of the time, unless the culprit is a really household name, it never punches through with the public. So what you had was the post office, you know, on the face of it, quite a boring institution, or people who run post offices being accused of this wrongfully. It didn't punch through. And then last week, ITV put out Mr. Bates versus the post office. The acting is superb. What they've really done with it is tell the human impact side of the story and, and what devastation the post office and Paula Venels and her leadership and lack of it wreaked on these people. There's a, a line that I think that it was a Treasury, no, a Secretary of Labour in, maybe it was the, the Reagan administration, but he was accused of fraud. And when he was subsequently cleared of it and he was interviewed by the, the media, he said, the question that I have is, which office do I go to to get my reputation back? For these people, how do they get reputations back? If you're a community postmaster or postmistress and you have been accused of being a criminal, the damage that that does to you, the and living with it for years and years and years, it must be the most horrendous damage that was done to these people. I think it must have been utter humiliation for people. You know, in rural communities as well, where everyone knows everything about you, to have the police call, the post office shut, people frozen out their businesses, and the suspicion, and then the newspaper coverage. And, you know, as much as people hate the media sometimes, the media report the facts. So the facts will have been the local police force will put out a, a press release saying we've arrested, say, Mr. Bates or, you know, whoever, whoever else, whoever it was, post office master on suspicion of theft. They then go to court. They're found guilty. And then it's in the paper that Mr. So-and-so or Mrs. So-and-so has been found guilty of stealing 6,000, 20,000, whatever the figure was, from the post office. And people believe what they read in the papers. So, so what happens now then, Enda? How do we put all this back, or how does the UK government put this back in the bottle, and at what cost? So there will be, ultimately, legislation going through Parliament at speed this year for all of the convictions to be quashed. Now, these people deserve their names back and their reputations, and it's going to be very difficult for them to, well, they can't get back the years of misery and hurt and anger and frustration but Sunak has moved quickly this week. And, you know, my criticism of Sunak is he shouldn't have had to wait for a really good drama on TV. This should have been on his radar on day one. And he should have looked at this, you know, a year and a half ago and thought, right, we, we need to make tracks on getting these people's convictions quashed and overturned. But that will happen at some point this year. By Christmas, they'll all have their names cleared. And then the compensation scheme, they will all be able to get access to that. But, you know, the inquiry goes on. And Venel's issued that non-statement this week saying that, you know, she'll wait until she speaks in front of the inquiry. But I have serious reservations about her. This was a woman who, you know, was a priest here in the Church of England at one stage and is still having, I see stories in the papers today from people saying what a wonderful woman she is and what a great vicar she was. Um, I think the ultimate judge for Paula Venel's will be her God. Enda, thank you very much. That's Enda Brady from TRT World. And if you want to see the docudrama that he was talking about, it is entitled Mr. Bates versus uh, the Post Office. The Anton Savage Show Saturday with Nifty Business. Saturday morning at nine on News Talk.